hacking in the core rulebook is very simple. It's very straightforward. It's basic. Dynamic hacking is a little different. There are three key differences when it comes to dynamic hacking versus your standard run-of-the-mill hack. We're going to talk about them, the actions you can take, and what this might look like in your games. Buckle up, get your hacker decks ready, because we're talking about dynamic hacking. If you like what you see in today's video, please bear in mind that there is a affiliate link in the description below for the tech revolution where these hacking rules can be found. One of the first things to start off with is hacking now becomes a group activity. Some systems might single out certain players who don't have that technical capability. However, with Starfinder system, everyone gets involved or can get involved even if they're not a tech savvy player or a tech savvy character. In dynamic hacking, there are three subsystems used for various tasks. Deceive represents your ability to hide yourself in the infosphere, what information you can use to divert attention away from yourself. You can confuse your opponents. Hack, this is as it sounds, you use a multitude of programs to brute force your way through passwords, through firewalls, your prowess when it comes to exploiting vulnerabilities that you find, and process. This represents your ability to comprehend the information that you see. What is a threat? What is an opportunity? And how do you distinguish between the two? How quickly can you change between your own hacker programs? And how many of them can you sustain at once? Your modifier for these sub-skills is your computer's modifier, plus anything related with your digital persona. So what is your digital persona? Every time you act on any planet's infosphere, or any computer system, anytime you enter, you could almost call it a digital realm, you appear as a digital representation of yourself. It may look like you, it may look like something entirely different. This persona can give you sensory information back from what it perceives in the digital space. It is your anchor in a digital world. If you're the target of a hack or you're ejected from cyberspace, it will happen to your persona and then you will experience that back in where your physical body is. You can tell that there is some Shadowrun inspirations within this system, but I feel that it does it just a little bit better. There is some crunch, but there's not nearly as much when you compare it to the likes of Shadowrun. Now your digital persona, it has health points. These are measured in what is called CP or connection points. The more connection points you lose, the slower and more inefficient your digital avatar or your digital persona becomes. And to calculate your connection points for your digital persona, you take the ranks in your computer skills, not the modifier, but the number of ranks that you have put in it, times it by two, add 12. For example, a level three character who could have a maximum of three ranks in computers, you would times that by two to get six, add 12, 18. And if you lose health and want to restore health for your digital persona, you can do this by spending one resolve point and taking a short 10 minute rest, provided you have the opportunity to do so. Now, when your digital persona has been attacked, the countermeasures have been used against it, as I said, it becomes much slower and more inefficient. So when you hit 75% of your maximum health, you will gain a negative two modifier to one of your random subsystems. When you get to 50% of your health, 
you get the negative two to all the other subsystems. And if you get to negative 25% connection points or health points of your digital avatar, your modifier will go to a negative three. That's for everything. And if your digital persona reaches zero hit points, you are ejected from the infosphere and you can't log back in until you have restored your digital persona's hit points. Now for your persona, whenever you engage in a hacking encounter at the start of this, this is your digital hacking combat, if you will. At the start, you will set up how well you do each of those three subsystems, those three sub skills, deceive, hack, and process. You can go as low as negative three and as high as plus three to each of those subsystems. But the amount of skills, the amount of ranks that you can actually place is equal to your computer's ranks divided by three. Now, if you are one of those hacker characters and you do have a computer, in which case you would, instead of dividing your skill ranks by three, you will use the tier of your computer and that is the highest modifier you can place on any one of those subsystems. And secondly, you will have to decide if you are taking the position as lead hacker and acting independently, or if you are going to be a support hacker acting as part of a group. And in a group setting, there is one lead and the rest are support hackers. Lead hackers can perform a major and a minor action within their turn. And I will cover those in detail in a little bit. Support hackers can only do one minor action on their turn. And if the lead hacker is ejected, then the rest of the supports connected to the lead are also ejected from the encounter. Now, dynamic hacking has a five step process and I'm going to walk you through it now. There is first prepare. Everyone configures their personas. They decide who's going to be the lead hacker, who's going to be the support hackers. And we proceed to the next step, which is step two, present obstacles. This is where the GM now presents what the obstacles are. Each player at this point is allowed to make one check to assess the stats of the obstacle. Step three is the countdown. The countdown value goes down by one at this step and we resolve any obstacle effects at this stage. Step four, the hackers now act. They can go in any order. There is no set specific turn order for this and they are able to use the full suite of their abilities unless something says otherwise. Step five, resolve any effects of the obstacles, apply any side effects, and if the encounter is over, then it is done. If it is not over, then we move on to a hidden step six, which is repeat steps three, four, and five until it finishes, and then you end and resolve the conflict. Now, there is a little bit of a bonus step here, a bonus action you can decide to take if you choose. A lead hacker, if they spend a resolve point on their turn, is able to select up to three major actions that they can take as extras. Now, if you choose to do this, you will get a minus five cumulative penalty for each action you decide to take above the one you're allowed. Support hackers normally can't take any major actions on their turn. That is unless they spend one resolve point and then they can select one major action to perform on their turn. Now, typically when one begins a hacking encounter, there is usually one or several objectives. Some may even appear over the course of the encounter, but they will usually fall within one of these three categories. Countermeasures, 
modules, and nodes. Countermeasures are defense systems. They are specifically there to keep hackers out. Modules are usually what hackers are after. These are things like door controls, data modules that might have information that your players are looking for. And then there are nodes. Nodes are pathways through the digital world. In order to get to a module, you usually have to go through a node. Now, in order to know how to set the difficulty of your objectives or things that your players are trying to overcome, you will need to check page 71 of Tech Revolution to know what to make your difficulty checks to be. Let's talk a little bit about the actions one can take when making a dynamic pack. The first two were minor actions, and we'll start with aid. It's very simple. You're running your programs, you're reviewing diagnostic data, you're analyzing weaknesses to try to relay this information to the lead hacker to assist them with their next task. Assess is a minor action. This allows you to understand an obstacle's features, things it can do. Now, the first major action that your lead hacker can take is called blend. This is digital camouflage. You hide yourself so that your activities are not as noticeable. Decoy as a major action. This allows you to make a decoy of yourself and it's designed to fool countermeasures to thinking it's you. Modify is an important major action. With modify, you can change a program's function. You can install a virus into a module or change information. Recalibrate is a major action, and this allows you to reset your sub skills. Repair is a major action. This heals your digital persona. You can do it on yourself, or you can do it to one of your allies. Resolve is the last major action. This allows you to identify a weakness and then exploit it in the code of your objective or your countermeasures. This action is specifically used to defeat objectives now, for building these dynamic hacking encounters, they can vary greatly depending on what the hacker's goals are. It can also vary depending on the strength of the computer that they are trying to break into, or maybe the strength of the hacker who's trying to kick out your group. It is possible to be counter-hacked. A guide that Tech Revolution gives us says that a short encounter would have between five to seven successes needed to finish the encounter. Longer encounters could require as many as 10 to 15 successful checks. For each lead hacker, Paizo is recommending that there is two successes needed and then one for each support hacker. If it's a longer encounter, you're looking at four successes for a lead hacker. Now, just increasing the amount of skill checks you need to pass does not necessarily make dynamic hacking more enjoyable. Using this system can definitely add something to your table, but just increasing the hardness of the checks may not add the dynamics that you're looking for. One element that you can add to this would be time. You could also layer in a few more nodes or a few more modules to give them access to things that they normally wouldn't have, or if it's not going in their favor, shut them out from things that would make their future encounters in the, in the real world, in the physical plane, more difficult or maybe even easier. I feel like this is another great addition to Starfinder. You may not use this, and that's fine. You don't have to use everything that's presented in these books. But if you are looking for something a little bit new to add to your game and just freak your players out a little bit, 
Dynamic hacking could definitely be what you're looking for. And as I mentioned at the start, even non-tech savvy players or tech savvy characters can still be involved and useful in this process. That is something that I enjoyed when comparing it to, as I've done already before, Shadowrun, where in Shadowrun, hacking is an interesting subsystem in and of itself. It's its own mini game. But if all the players are not expert hackers, then it really sidelines some people and it puts the spotlight on the hackers because that's all they can do. Thank you to all of my patrons who support me on Patreon. I put up the video votes for April, so if you haven't seen those, please go cast your vote now. My name's Nathaniel. Thanks for stopping by, everyone.